Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. This is Brother John, affectionately known to most of you. Coming to you in prime time. We've never done this before. We're coming to you at 8.30 p.m. on the east coast of the United States. Praise God. And we are in prime time. And so now our show is anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Praise God. So it's Wednesday. May 13th, and it is a blessing to be in the land of the living. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, we just continue to pray for those who have been adversely affected by this COVID-19 virus, which is running rapid all over the earth. But I'll tell you something about that. There's a name that's above COVID-19, and that name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus is that name. Hallelujah. And real quick, just doing a little bit of housekeeping. If you hear a song playing in the background, of course, I don't own the rights to that song. That is Mr. Darius Polk, Strong Name. It's the name of that song, Strong Name by Mr. Darius Polk. He's one of my favorite gospel singers. And I certainly love this song. I hope it's not too loud. I hope you can hear it. Hear me well. I'll turn it down just a tad. Maybe that's better. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So why are we on tonight? Why are we on tonight? Well, we're on tonight because we want to talk to you about one of the prison epistles written by Paul. Written by Paul. Um, basically written by him. In his first Roman imprisonment in early AD 60s, or in the early AD 60s. So, uh, together with Ephesians, Philemon, and Philippians, and of course the fourth being Colossians, those are known as the four prison gospels. Okay? Or the four prison epistles, I should say, not gospels. So, I was reading. Colossians chapter 3 the other day And it just blessed me so much I thought wow you know It would be great to share This this treasure trove That's what I call it of, of word With those who Follow and listen to this show And so I want you to know that I'm praying for you I want you to know that Regardless of what's going on this word, this word of God is going to always stand. It doesn't matter what you see, because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. Glory be to God. And so whatever you see is one thing, but we know a God who sits high and he looks low. We walk by faith. Can you imagine not ever having faith? Can you imagine being desperate and hopeless and in despair, not knowing what's going to happen next because you have no hope, you have no faith? But you know, Jesus died on the cross over 2,000 years ago. He became the propitiation for our sins. And we have hope in him. Because let me tell you, if you walk by sight, 
if you walk by sight, that is a terrible way to live your life because it's almost as if you're cast and you're tossed about by wind. Whatever comes, that's what you go with. Whatever is around that corner, hey, it is what it is. That's what people say a lot in many different situations and scenarios, right? But see, with God, though, when you have faith in God, you know that there's a better tomorrow coming. You hope for it, and you know that there's a better tomorrow coming. Because the Bible says in 1 John 5, that when you pray, believe that you have received what you prayed for, and I'm paraphrasing, and you know that he hears you, that you shall have the petitions that you requested. So thank God we can hope in a better tomorrow. Thank God we have faith in the one who sits on the throne. And I thank God for the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So Colossians chapter 3, again, this is when Paul was under basically house arrest in Rome. And, uh, you know, he, he pretty much wrote Colossians around eighty sixty one, eighty sixty one, And he wrote several other books, not just the prison epistles, but he also wrote First Timothy from Rome when he was in prison. He wrote Second Timothy from Rome. And, of course, we know that our brother Paul, the, the prolific apostle, was martyred in Rome. In AD 66 Approximately AD 66 Most likely AD 66 And so Glory be to God We're going to read this I'm not going to hold you long I'm not going to hold you long But I'm going to hold you long enough To share this word of God And tonight I'm reading the King James Version I'm reading the King James Version And uh, It's my favorite version Followed by the New King James Version I don't get into too many versions That's just me You know, I won't knock anybody who does I just want you to read the word and study it Because a lot of people read the word But then they forget what they read Because they don't practice the word Can you imagine a baseball player He wants to play in the major leagues But he learns just the fundamentals He learns how to catch He learns how to throw He learns how to bat, but he doesn't practice enough to truly know the game. Praise God. He doesn't practice enough to really know the game. So what happens is when he goes out there against competition, he falters because he really doesn't know the game. He really doesn't know it. And so when you roll up on those spiritual hosts of wickedness and those principalities and the rulers of the darkness of this age in high places, you might want to know this word. (laughs) You need to know the word. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Know this word and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with it. Praise the Lord. The person of the Holy Ghost. So I won't belabor the point. Colossians chapter 3 And this is what I'm going to do I'm just going to read it I may pause Some of you know my style I may pause And give a slight word Or expound a little bit On a verse I may or may not do that too much tonight We'll see what the Lord says So Lord God I just thank you for this word tonight I thank you God For giving us opportunity To gather around your table 
and we can share this word one with another. And, Lord, I just lift you up because you deserve all the praise, honor, and the glory. And I thank you for this time that I can sit here and I can read this word and I can be edified and the hearers can be edified because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So we're going to share it tonight. And I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. And, Lord God, I pray that some hearts be touched as they listen to this word, that minds be touched as they listen to this word, that bodies be healed as they listen to this word, that those who have a mind to do wrong will once again have a mind to do right. Praise the Lord by the hearing of this word. Thank you, Jesus. So let's see what the word of God says here in Colossians chapter 3. Now, if you need a minute to go grab your Bible, I'll give you a minute. I'll give you a minute go grab your Bible. And while you do that, I'll just go ahead and expound just a little bit. You know, we have this virus, and um, people are working from home, and there are people all upset that things are on, quote, lockdown, and people are are uh, social distancing, keeping at least six feet, or at least they're supposed to. They're supposed to, but, of course, not everyone does that. And then you have these cases, uh, since the beaches in Florida and other places have opened up, you have even more cases of COVID-19. And see, to me, as I look at this as a Christian man, I say, now, you know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing in First Thessalonians 5, verse 17. And so if you're praying without ceasing, and the Bible says, if you keep your mind stayed on him, he'll keep you in what? Perfect peace. Hallelujah. So if you're in perfect peace, it doesn't matter if it's a COVID-19, 2021, 20, all the way up to 50. You're going to stay in perfect peace because the Bible says if you're covered in the blood, if you're covered in the blood, you're going to be all right. Hallelujah. It doesn't promise you everything is going to be perfect. <clears throat> it doesn't promise you that. But when you're covered in the blood, there's a difference. There's a difference. Hallelujah. And I'll just leave that alone. So you have your Bibles, I hope. So let's go to Colossians chapter 3. And I'm reading from the King James Version, Cambridge edition, praise God, which breaks down some syllables uh, as the words are supposed to be broken down. So this one, according to my teaching and research, this one's supposed to be a little bit, a little bit extra, <laughs> if you will. So let's see. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1, and it reads, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. For you are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. So in other words, our mind is on him. We're not worried about the, the material things, but we are dead, and our life is here with Christ and God. We are a new man, praise God. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, which is sex without being married. Married, for those of you who don't know that word, I'm sure many of you do. Uncleanness, inordinate affection. Evil concupiscence, that word always trips me up a little bit, and covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. 
in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. See, because we're a new creation. This is when we lived in them. See, that's past tense. In the which ye also walked. He didn't say you're walking in it now. He said in which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye also put off all these anger, Lord have mercy, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man these. The old man is gone. If you're a new creation in Christ, the old man is gone. Gone. Praise the Lord. We're a new creation. Verse 10, and have put on the new man, there we go, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Glory be to God. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, <clears throat> barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. That's what it says. Praise God. But Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. Any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, I'm going to pause right there for just one second. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, let me say something about that, if I may, real quick. Who is Paul talking to? Who is he talking to? He's talking to those who have accepted Christ. He's not talking about individuals out in the world. Look at the audience he's talking to. Now, I have seen personally where brothers in the Lord are at odds with one another, and it's as if there's absolutely no forgiveness anywhere, just complete, total animosity and um, you know it's interesting that Paul is saying this because if you recall from the book of Acts he and Barnabas had a very sharp disagreement regarding Mark Barnabas wanted Mark to go with them throughout some territories to do ministry work and Paul was like wait a minute he didn't come with us to lay the foundation for this work why is he showing up? And so their contention, the Bible says, was sharp. But look what Paul says here. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So you know that at some point in time, and we read this, it's, it's tangentially touched upon that he and Barnabas, he and Barnabas, were able to mend that fence, so to speak. We know this, okay, because it would be so hypocritical for Paul to say this here in Colossians chapter 3, and he'd not have been reconciled to his brother Barnabas. Think about that for a minute. 
So I have seen brothers almost come to blows. I'm talking about Christian people. And where it says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. That is a critical piece of our walk. So we have to let our walk do the talking. We let our walk do the talking by adhering to this word of God and being led by the spirit of God. Okay, now, if you're going to be led by yourself, why do you need the Holy Ghost? If you're going to be led by what you think and by your own heart, (laughs) what do you need Christ for? For what? No. Since Christ is our master, the Bible says we please our master. We don't, quote, work for ourselves. I mean, being a Christian really, truly, is not a self-employed job. (laughs) It's not. You may be self-employed out in the secular world, or you may be even, you may even have a Christian job, so to speak, where you are doing things for the Lord, but the bottom line is, the bottom line is, serving Christ is not (laughs) self-employment, because he's the boss. And he will lead you and guide you. The Bible says, acknowledge him in all our ways, and he shall direct our path. Well, if you're going to direct your own path, what do you I mean? What are you doing? What are you doing? Total submission to the Lord is how we as Christians live on this earth. Complete, total submission to the Lord, period. What I'm saying to you is elementary. I know you get it. But we have to revisit the foundation. It's just like I played baseball. I played baseball in high school. Okay? It's just like any sport. If you don't have good fundamental fundamentals, then you'll always have a flaw technique. I took martial arts for a while. If you don't know the fundamentals on how to throw that punch, if you don't know the fundamentals on how to do that roundhouse kick, if you don't know the fundamentals on how to block, if you don't know the fundamentals on how to grapple, when you grab your opponent or your opponent grabs you and you try to get free, you're going to always have a flaw in your technique. So we're visiting fundamentals. That's what we do on Elijah Power Ministries. We, we revisit fundamentals a lot because, see, a lot of people get caught up in what's shiny and what's flashy, and I'm not knocking anybody. You'll never hear me do that. But what I'm saying is, There's a time and a place for everything, but if you don't have good fundamentals, fundamentals, you're going to always be flawed in some capacity. You will. Now, my throat's getting a little little dry. Pardon me as I sip some tea. Mm. That's good. That's good uh, green tea right there. But anyway, praise the Lord. So we got to always have our fundamentals down. And what are the fundamentals? In my view, who is Christ? What was his purpose? Um, What did he accomplish? What does it mean for us? How do we do what he said do (laughs) or what what we should be doing? Um, What are the tenets of what Christ believed and what was he teaching us? And how do we employ that in our own lives? How do we make application 
to what he taught in our lives. And who are the pillars of the faith? People like Paul, Timothy, um, those are New Testament people. Paul, Timothy, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew. And then there's a bunch of them in the Old Testament. Because, of course, we know that every book in this Bible points toward Jesus from Genesis to Revelation. Okay? So all I'm saying is our fundamentals must be sound. So back to Colossians, verse 14. And above all these things, put on charity, which is love, which is the bond of perfect, perfectness, of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Forbearing one another. Boy, we sure do forget to do that sometimes. We sure do forget to do that. We don't have any patience sometimes. We just give up on people, even those in the body. We just give up people. Oh, she made me mad. I'm through with that sister. Uh-uh. Oh, no. I hope she doesn't come to the church picnic. Oh, God. You know what she did to me? See, it's always about me. It's always about 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 me. What did somebody do to me? Well, what did we do to, to somebody and take them off or make them feel bad? I mean, what, where's the humbleness? Where's the forgiveness? Why are we not more patient with each other? Sometimes, and I'm being real and I'm being honest, you're going to get realness on this show. Sometimes it's hard to determine who the Christians are versus who's not. And I'm not beating up anybody, but I'm just being real. You know, we have to act like we have something other people want. If you don't have anything that other people want, then they're not going to they're not going to buy into it. But if you truly have been converted and you know who the master is, if you know who he truly is, it's going to show not just in what you say, but in your actions. In your actions. See, don't be like some politicians. When they want something, they're always visible. Isn't that amazing? They're always visible. They may even come around to your church and say a few words because within two or three weeks or a month, they're going to want your vote. And I'm not knocking that. I'm just saying we must be that way all year round every day. There is no Christian season. Either you're one or you're not. There is no voting season for Christians. We don't vote whether or not this this year we're going to be truly Christian Or next year we're going to be halfway Christian That doesn't work for us No, that's what we call hypocritos Okay No, we don't get a, we don't get that type of season <laughs> If you're Christian and you're converted It's always time to be a real Christian Because if you're not a real Christian You're just not a Christian You know what I mean? Anybody can go to church You've heard this all your life, I'm sure. We got church folk on one side and we got Christians on the other. Some people will get so upset if you come in and you mess up their program. They don't even want the Holy Ghost part of their program, but I'll leave that alone. I won't touch that. I don't mean step on anybody's toes. It might be tight, but it's right. Praise the Lord. So going back into Colossians, verse 16. 
And let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord, teaching and admonishing. And the word dwells in us richly with all wisdom, it says. Verse 17, and whatsoever, oh, I love this, this verse right here. Verse 17, now listen to this. And whatsoever you do, ye do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by him. That's what it says. Giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus so that you're going to give your best. You're going to give your best. You don't bring garbage to Jesus. No, you don't do that. Because when he died on that cross, he brought his best for you, which was himself giving his all. So when you bring your gift before that altar, whatever that gift may be, no matter what that gift may be, you do it all with all that you have. And that's this applies to Every Christian, every Christian, and this is all about appropriate behavior, appropriate behavior in giving your all. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 18, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit in the Lord. A lot of people don't like that verse when it comes time to get married. They do not like that verse because it has the word submit in it. I've seen some sisters <laughs> get mad over this scripture right here. But let me tell you something. There is power in submission. There's power in it. There's power in being humble. Let me tell you. When you humble yourself, let me tell you right now, the Lord will lift you up. There's power in that because you know why? Not everyone's going around being submissive. Not everyone's going around being humble. But there's strength in that. There's power in that. And I leave that alone because I don't want anybody writing me, telling me I said their wives need to do this or that, or the wife writing me telling me that, you know, hey, you go jump off a cliff, sir. No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as is fit in the Lord. Now, of course, this is talking about as far as the authority of the relationship, okay? That doesn't mean that a husband has a slave walking around in the house in her name and she happens to be his wife. That's not what that means. And so we we can go into that later, but that's not what that means. So verse 19, now listen to this. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Now, this is like don't be selfish. Don't be selfish toward them. And you care for their welfare and any other person as you would your own flesh, basically. And, and, you know, you care for your wife and you don't deal rudely and harshly with her. Okay. And there's other scriptures that references such as first Peter chapter three, verse seven, right? Ephesians chapter five, verse 25 to 33, just to name a few. 
Verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, praise God. And so, verse 21, fathers, provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as man pleases, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Mm-hmm. Now, see, some people believe that slaves might have been targeted here and that the slaves might have been, for lack of a better term, sluggish or, or lazy. And so he he's he's some people believe this is what Paul is referring to. Uh, but he's talking about being obedient and servants who are ultimately serving the Lord rather than a human master. See, people don't want to teach that part of the scripture because some folks they wanna make you believe that slavery and they use this verse. You don't have to look far to find people like that. They want you to believe that that slavery here in the United States was something that God didn't didn't mind and 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 they try to justify it by using the scripture. And I've heard them do this. But again, that's another show, another time, another show. I won't go deep into that, which, you know, there's all kinds people use scripture for almost anything today. They to suit their purpose or their side of an argument, they will grab scripture totally, completely out of context and just throw it out there and say, see, this is what God thinks when they have not properly um, exegeted that scripture. They haven't looked at the cultural context. They haven't looked at the why of, of the text. They haven't looked so they read it. And of course, we know from First Corinthians that the carnal mind is a dangerous mind, especially when you put give the carnal mind a few scriptures. Man, <laughs> let me tell you, um, they can be dangerous. So we pray for them. We we're not going to bash them. We're going to pray for them, and we're going to keep right on moving. Praise God. And so, uh, again. Verse 23, and whatsoever ye do. Now, see, we just said this in verse 17. Verse 17 and verse 23 are similar. Verse 23, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. See, you don't work for man. You might punch that clock every day. But you know what? The way I go to work, this is the way I think about it. I'm like, God, whatever I do today, I'm doing it to try to please you. I understand I have an earthly supervisor who may want me to do this, that, another, but as I'm giving instruction to do this, that, or another, I'm doing it as unto you because, you know, what? ultimately my blessings don't come from man. God, well, let me rephrase it. God will use man to bless you, but I know where my blessings come from. Just like the Bible says in Psalm 121, I look to the hills where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Hallelujah. So I know who I'm working for, and I know who he uses as an avenue to bless me to work, but ultimately, the way I live my life, I'm working for God in every capacity, no matter what I'm doing. Praise the Lord. So verse 24, knowing that of the Lord, ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for ye serve the Lord Christ. 
We serve the Lord Christ. That's who we serve. And I just said that right before I read that. So the final verse in Colossians chapter 3, and it reads, But he that doeth wrong, O my Lord, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. So God does not in one way, in one way, show partiality when it comes to punishing bad behavior. The Bible says that judgment starts with the house of God. Lord, have mercy. So it starts with us, church. And I don't know why people think that they're so anointed, that they're so holy, that they're so exclusively uh, bound to Christ that they can't get in trouble for anything they've ever done. That type of thinking is is falsehood. That is completely the opposite of the character of the God I serve, and his name is Jesus. Okay, that's not what's happening here. Not at all. You know, I, I've seen where a person has done wrong, and they ask God to forgive them, but that wrong still brings about Compensation later on down the road Because you did do the wrong Now the Lord may forgive you Those whom you hurt may forgive you Okay Certain uh, certain criteria may be Satisfied but you still Did the wrong and there are consequences Because listen let me tell you For every cause There's an effect For every cause There's an effect I pay my car insurance every month if someone causes an accident with me, the effect is I have to get my car fixed, assuming it's not total. There's a cause and there's effect for everything. And so because because I pay my car insurance, my car insurance agency will effectively fix my car. Life is no different. Life is no different. There's a cause and there's an effect for everything we do, good or bad. So just because you have a mega church and you up there mega lion and you mega sinning and you doing mega things that are wrong doesn't mean that God is going to mega forget that you are causing effects in other people's lives that are adverse. Yeah, you may be forgiven. I get it. But you know, repentance, repentance is the first part of being a Christian. You can't, how can you become a Christian without first repenting of your sin? So repentance will also cause an effect. And get God moving too on your on your side. But the point I'm saying is, it doesn't matter who you are. We just read from the Word of God that He shows no respect of persons in verse 25. Let me read it again. But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of persons. It doesn't matter what seminary you went to. It doesn't matter how many people download your books from Amazon. It doesn't matter. How many people in street ministry you bless on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis? It doesn't matter how much you've given to the poor. 
and to those who are sick and shut in. It doesn't matter how many hospitals you visit and you prayed over sick people. It doesn't matter. My Bible says no respect of persons. No respect of persons. Are you greater than Moses? Moses, as powerful as he was and one of the greatest prophets ever, even he didn't see the promised land because of when he, when he killed the Egyptian. You see? There's a cause and there's an effect. There's a cause and there's an effect. And he has no respect of persons. How many times have we sat down to watch the evening news and we hear about someone who, quote, fell from grace, someone in Christianity, someone who's out doing something that they had no business doing, and now they've been exposed? How many times have we seen that? Why is that? Well, wait a minute. This person loves the Lord. Why are they being exposed like this? Because, and there is no respect of persons. And going back up to the top of that verse, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. That's myself included. It doesn't matter. How can God call himself a just God, but he totally turns a blind eye? To the wrong that we do How can he do that That's not the God I serve And some people worship Who they don't even know They worship who they don't even know And it's so amazing So many things came out During this COVID-19 Pandemic I have seen where people Have gotten so angry So mad that they couldn't go to church to be with their friends and have their social gatherings that they just acted, and look, I'm not trying to be offensive, I'm just being real. They acted a straight fool, upset because they couldn't go to church. And I'm looking at it, scratching my head, saying, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. When Christ ascended up into heaven, and when he, before that, even when he died on the cross and the veil of the temple was, was split in two, and we no longer need to go to a high priest, wait a minute, aren't we the church? That church, that building that you go to, and you have all your, your social programs, because that's what they are, let's be real about it, that's social programs for the church. And inside church. I'm not knocking it, there's nothing wrong with that, but let's just call it for what it is. So they're so mad and upset, they couldn't see their friends in church and get their programs rolling again, they just raise pure cane. Raise pure cane. And I'm thinking, man, I, I thought the peace of God was supposed to rule our hearts through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And I'm thinking, man, I mean, I thought the works of the flesh was for those other folks. I thought that we put the death some of our, our put the death of our members when Christ died on the cross. I mean, what is this? And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, that doesn't look like the type of behavior we're supposed to have when you're so mad that you can't go to church. But you're the church. Look in the mirror. You're the church. So you mean to tell me you couldn't get on the phone and pray with somebody? You couldn't do that? Your, your church didn't have an online streaming ministry? Look, some churches don't. I get it. Nothing wrong with that. I get it. If you, if you don't do that, you don't do that. But what I'm saying is you can't be so caught up in the 
what's the word I like to use? You can't be so caught up in the practice of church or the performance of church or the performance of going to church, the act of going to church, rather, that you forget that you're the church. <laughs> yes, I, I, get, I get Hebrews 10 about don't neglect the assembly of yourself together. I, I got it, but I can assemble with you over the phone. I can assemble with you over streaming if you have streaming. And, and, and um, hey, if your church doesn't have it, you know, they, you're still a member of your church, but you can still look at some other churches and, I mean, other parts of the body that – other members of the body, rather, that's streaming church online. So me personally, I mean, I'm not telling, how, telling anyone else how to think or feel about it. But me personally, I just thought, well, I'm the church. I know how to pray. I know how to get on the phone. I know how to, to call up some folks and – you know, touch and agree with me and, and pray over things. And, you know, I'm still a functioning member of the body of Christ. You know, things don't fall apart because of a pandemic. Everything's going to bow the knee to Jesus Christ and every tongue is going to confess that he is Lord. That includes COVID-19 and, and, and everything else in between. So, I mean, no, I'm not going to lose my spiritual, um, uh, what's the word, composure because, my church locked their doors and they're streaming online. Uh, huh? I, I don't get that. I, I just don't understand that way of thinking. I mean, all that anger and animosity and build up frustration, that's the time you could be on your knees saying, I have a Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and praying for the world, praying for those individuals who have COVID 19, praying, praying for those frontline workers who have suffered. By lack of PPE, okay, which of course is the equipment they use, personal protection equipment. I mean the mask and the gloves and the whole gowns and all that. I mean you could have used that time to be praying for them, or I mean you could have been praying and fasting for something else. I mean you could have been reading the word. You could call up somebody, share the word. I mean, so so the whole time you were going to church and you, that's just. See, church is just a time for you to fill up. But what you do during the week, you're supposed to be spending that fill up. It's like going to the gas station. Well, how much gas you want, brother? Oh, I'll put 30 bucks in the car for me. All right, I'm here. Here's my 30 bucks. Let me go put 30. Okay, so you fill the car up. And so during the course of the week, you're going to go everywhere you need to go. So when you're in church, you're getting built back up so that you can come back and fill up again the following week. I mean, that's my understanding of church. Now, if I'm wrong, somebody please tell me. But to be upset because you can't fill up in the same building that you always fill up. You can't fill up at home. I mean, we're talking about spiritual matters. You can't fill up at home. Some of the best prayers I ever prayed in my life, I prayed in my bathroom. I'm being real. I'm dead serious. Those were some of the most powerful prayers I ever prayed. I I felt like I was... Shaking heaven, it seemed like, man, I, I prayed. I mean, I prayed, <laughs> I mean, in my bathroom. And then some of the other ones in, on the floor of my bedroom. I mean, yeah, sure, I, I prayed at the altar of, of church and all that. That's great. That's wonderful. We got to have that. That's important. But, you know, Christianity doesn't stop because of a pandemic. It doesn't stop. Now, I believe in social distancing and you listening to what experts on the matter have to say. I don't believe in discounting them. You don't do that. I'd never do that because, you know what, there's a lot of wise fools that's 
that's, uh, you know, hey, they, they got the short end of the stick. You know, you can be wise and you can be a fool at the same time. I, I'm not a fool. I'm wise, so I listen to those who know more about a thing than I do. I don't discount it because somebody says that I should. You know what I mean? And the Bible says in James that if you lack wisdom, you can go to God and ask for it. That's what it says. That's what it says. And my way of thinking, I'm a very logical person. I like to, you know, reason things out and try to be reasonable before I just throw the baby out with the bathwater because somebody else says it's not true or it's fake or whatever. I don't have time for that. No. As long as I can say I'm a father who out in heaven, I can talk to him. I can talk to him myself. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, thank you guys for listening to me. I've been on air now for, what, about a good 45 minutes almost, praise God, in prime time. It's 9.15 p.m. And I want to thank you guys for listening in. I want to thank you guys, those of you who've been faithful to listening to this prayer ministry and you know, we like to teach, we like to pray, and uh, I want to thank you for, for just sharing this word. And I know some of you, you listen and, uh, you know, you, you give me feedback, and I appreciate it. God bless you. But just know that Jesus is real. He rose again from the dead, and if you don't know him, Romans chapter 10, verse 8 through 13 says that the word is near you, even in your mouth, that if you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ rose again from the dead, that you shall be saved. It's that simple. It's not a quadratic equation. It's not a Pythagorean theorem. It's not rocket science. It's pure, unadulterated word of God. That's what it says. And so if you don't know Jesus Christ, and you want to get to know him, let me just say this to you, that you've done nothing that he can't fix, because I know him to be a fixer. I know him to be a construction worker, and he'll reconstruct your heart. The Bible says in First Samuel that he gave Saul a new heart, a new heart when he anointed him as king, when Samuel anointed Saul as king. And I'm here to tell you that he'll give you a new heart. It doesn't matter what you did before. He'll take that stony heart and give you a heart of flesh. Hallelujah, somebody. I'm here to tell you that right now. And so I want you to know that no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, you can even be in prison listening to this. Look, the past is your past, but I'm talking about your present so you can go forward in your future. Hallelujah. And be one with Jesus Christ. So just say, Lord God, forgive me of my sins. I repent. Come into my heart right now and make me a new creation. Make me stronger than I've ever been. Help me to follow you. Help me to stay in your word every day and teach me, anoint me, educate me, and bless me to stand strong. Be my Lord and Savior. And by faith, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. And I know you died on the cross for my sins and you rose again. Amen. It's that simple. It's that simple. It's not difficult. And so if you said that prayer, congratulations, congratulations for coming into the body of Christ by the blood of Jesus that was shed 
just for you. Just for you. God bless you. And so I want to thank you for listening in. I want to thank you for being faithful. And we're going to be back this week. We're going to be back this week. We have a few things in the works. Some things have been in the works for a while. Praise God. Uh, we have a few new series that's coming out. And I hope you'll listen in and you'll partake of those and you'll enjoy it and that it'll bless you. It'll bless you. So I just want to say God bless. Have a good evening. And be safe out there. And please practice your social distancing. And if you have a mask, wear them. God bless you. You are the